I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a summer this has been. And I don't know about you, but I find myself at the end of this summer season tired, worn out, a little bit numb, and yet, on the other hand, anxious and despairing at times. It feels as if life has been messing with us. We started with the third wave of COVID and everybody knuckled down and did what was asked of us. And just at that moment that we were almost free to go back to life, the heat wave hit. And, and everybody was drawn back into their air-conditioned homes with the curtains drawn and trying to find coolness in whatever way was possible. And then you follow the heat wave with the wildfires and the sense in which the wildfires could literally come here And no sooner do we kind of think that the wildfires are under control than we're back with the fourth wave of COVID. And underpinning all of this has been fear. Fear of disease and death, fears of the effects of heat, Fears of fire destroying our homes and, and livelihoods. And with COVID, a year and a half of fear at one level or another. And in the face of fear, our usual response is fight or flight. Well, can't fight a virus, heat wave, or a wildfire, at least not me. And so I went with flight. And I can tell you that I wanted to get out of here so badly that I was honestly considering visiting Renee's brother and his wife in Haida Gwaii, the Queen Charlotte Islands, because it was no smoke, no COVID, no nothing up there except when I hit the uh, booking for the flights and found out that it would cost $3,000 to get us there. And I wasn't that crazy. So I settled for Nacusp and Revelstoke in our trailer. But when I got back from that trip, regardless of, of being away, and thankfully so, I found that it really didn't work. I still was feeling worn out. And then throw in the depressing, tragic news from Afghanistan and Haiti and the US. And I'm sorry, it's not looking pretty. Now I'm sure at this point you're saying, Thanks, Jane, so much for these words of comfort and encouragement. 
And I'd like to just make a, a kind of move here, a move to the side, and just speak about something that I've been noticing. I don't know whether it's our natural human tendency, whether it's part of our Christian upbringing, but it seems to me that when it comes to uh, grief, loss, pain, and suffering, humanity will do a lot to avoid, deny, or ignore. When asked how we're doing, we say, I'm fine, just fine. And I don't know uh, how we do it, but I somehow think that people of faith believe that either we get a free pass on pain and suffering or that somehow we're supposed to kind of float over it with heavenly thoughts that don't allow the pain and suffering to really get to us. And I want to say that that's not what faith is about. Faith isn't about pretending that the darkness of grief and loss and suffering don't exist. It's about actually seeing that the grief exists and then living with and through that pain. So we're not fine. We are worn down. We do despair over the state of our world. And you know what? It's okay to be there. In fact, we need to be there. I was at a meeting this last week, and a lady at the meeting said, you know, we really just need to lament. And that word lament really resonated with me. And I thought to myself, yeah, we need to take the time to lament, to weep and to wail over the grief of our lives, over that sense of uh, not being able to find our, our f solid feet in dealing with change after change after change. So going back now, moving off of lament, so what do we do when we're worn out, when the usual supports and comforts of our lives are kept at a distance from us? Well, when I've turned to our readings for this week, I found not much encouragement. It seemed to me that what I was hearing was, okay, if you're going to be a righteous person, you need to do this, 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 and this, and Lord help you if you didn't. And uh, I, I was, was going, I don't even know what to say in the face of those readings. Now, interestingly, I'm a part of a Bible study that uh, meets with St. Francis, the nearby parish in Lake Country. And what you may not know is that uh, when they put the lectionary together, there was so much more Old Testament material than New Testament 
that they worked out during ordinary time, which is a time from Pentecost to Advent, they worked out two streams of readings that could be chosen. And as it turned out, St. Francis was working with the Old Testament from the other stream. And I'd like to share that with you because that is where I went when it came to this week's sermon. It's from the Song of Songs, which is a, a poem to of love between human beings. Uh, in this, it's a, a poem of love and yearning between a bride and a bridegroom. And the passage that was chosen is this one. The voice of my beloved, look, he comes leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. What a vision of the yearning to be with the beloved. The world of flowers, figs, and vines blossoming. What a vision of hope. The interesting thing is to recognize that this Song of Songs, uh, uh, a tribute and um, offering in, uh, in the face of human love, was actually written during the exile. And during the exile, the people of Israel had been taken out away to Babylon as captives. They, their temple was in ruins, and their sense of who they were and understanding of who they were was broken. And into that uh, broken world, to that people that was struggling to really understand how they could be the people of God in a place where they could not see God's presence. Into that time and place came the words, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away, obviously, with me. Come away with me. Now, at face value, this is a love poem about two uh, young lovers desiring one another. 
but we're also reading it as scripture. And that says something. Why are we reading this as scripture? Because these words are saying something to humanity about who God is, what God wants, and what God's connection to us as the human race and creation is. And what does it say? God passionately loved those in exile. God passionately loves us. With all the desire of a young lover for their beloved, God loves us. Think about that. Think back maybe in your younger years when you were that young lover, when you were that beloved, and all that you could think about was your, your beloved and who they were and how they had attracted you and, and what made them so desirable to you. And as I sat with the Bible study group, those words, arise, my love, my fair one, and come away, were like rain on a dry, dry summer day. Balm for my soul. The winter is past. The time of singing has come. The vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. And this vision of growth and, and uh, f- fertility and, and, and greenness and, and fullness and abundance... This vision of hope is precisely possible because of my beloved's love for me, because of God's passionate love for all of us. Now, we often will throw around the words love of God, and, and I think because they are so familiar to us, we go, yeah, yeah, I know God loves me, sure, yeah. For, and it's really easy for us to lose track of God's love for us. And these words from the Song of Songs say to us that God doesn't just love us, God desires us, wishes to make love to us that closely, that intimately. That is the love that God has. And that is why we can live then in a world of abundance rather than being worn out and emptied out. The Song of Songs is not only about the passion of God. It's also about the endurance of God's love. At the end of this book, there is another quotation that goes like this. Set me like a seal on your heart, like a seal on your arm, 
For love is strong as death, jealousy relentless as Sheol. The flash of it is a flash of fire, a flame of Yahweh, God's self. Love no flood can quench, no torrent drown. So the love that God has for us is not only passionate, but deep and abiding forever. Nothing can break or destroy the love of God, even death or Sheol. And so as I sit and think about how I am today, or how all of us are in this time of once more not knowing what's going on and what's going to unfold. I give thanks for the author of the Song of Songs. I thank goodness and God that someone wrote this beautiful poem of love. And I thank those who created the canon of the Bible that kept this beautiful love poem as a part of scripture, a part of holy word to us. And I can be renewed as I rest in the words, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. I can be renewed that God loves me and each of us as if I were a young bride on my wedding night. And for a 68-year-old lady, that's pretty nice to think about. Thanks be to God. <laughs>